Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours, the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you today from our Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe, and for the next hour, we'll be talking project management with our special guests. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, the PMO Squad. Are you tired of failed projects? Deploy the squad. To rescue your PMO and projects, start recovering lost time, money, and peace of mind. Visit www.thepmosquad.com to learn more about all of their project management services. So today we have a very special show. Uh, We have three veterans that are going to be joining us as guests. We're into November and Veterans Day is approaching us, so we are going to be talking about project management and with our veterans, active duty military, and all of those connections. And tying into that, if you're a regular listener, you know that last week or the last several weeks I've been talking about the Marine Corps Marathon I was running. And I can proudly say sitting here in my shirt and medal that I am now a finisher of the 43rd Marine Corps Marathon. So it was awesome. Thank you for the support. I finished second in the nation on Team Red, White, and Blue for funds received through my fundraising efforts, uh, and it was an amazing experience. So I'm going to be uh, working on a video. We'll be sending that out there on social media to let everybody know how it went, Uh, but I survived, and I am thankful to be here with everybody today. Also want to remind everybody that we are live, as I mentioned, and we are monitoring Twitter. So if you have a question for any of our guests or myself, you can use hashtag PMOJoe, and we will get those questions answered live on air. So today we're very excited to have with us our good friend Eric Wright from Vets to PM, Trevor Stasek, and Paul Martin from PMI Phoenix. So welcome, Eric, Trevor, and Paul. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joe. Eric, let me uh, give you a moment here to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about yourself to our listeners. Yeah. So first of all, Joe, uh, congratulations on such an accomplishment, man. It's it's it makes it that much more meaningful. We're sitting here talking to you today. So uh, good good job on that. Um, so my name is Eric. Uh, I am a dual era, uh, dual service military veteran. I was Navy first, Army Guard second. Did some Title Ten time after nine uh, eleven. Uh, I was a pipe fitter in the Navy and uh, transitioned out pretty pretty rough. Uh, nobody ever mentioned the word project management to me. Uh, so I uh, knocked around in the job desert for about 12 years until I figured it out, got the DOD, got put on a project, and just flourished, uh, and the rest is history. So for me uh, and the 300-plus veterans I've helped in the last three and a half years uh, achieve project management careers, uh, project management's the professional, uh, the land of professional milk and honey. So um, serial entrepreneur started a couple companies um, to help veterans transition into the project management uh, career field. Uh, so have been doing that for the last three and a half years, wake up every day, blessed and driven uh, to help them do that. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. All right. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. And you're joining remote and then in studio, Trevor Stasek. Hi, Joe. Hi, Eric. So, uh, yeah, I'm currently uh, working with uh, PMI Phoenix, Vice President of External Relations, but I've got some uh, military experience, certainly not as lengthy as some others here, but uh, 
Back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I was also in the Navy. I was a nuclear electrician on uh, Carl Vinson. It's an aircraft carrier, about 6,500 people on there. So, you know, you're just one number there, but you do a lot of, a lot of important work. Uh, since then, uh, more recently been involved in project management, probably the last two, three years. Uh, and right now I'm with Make-A-Wish America doing nonprofit project management through there. Love working with PMI Phoenix and our military team. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Trevor. And Paul, introduce yourself and share a little bit about you with our audience. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, great opportunity to highlight what we're able to do for, for military veterans. And, and I really love the fact that you guys, uh, you and Eric, have also put together a, a veteran mentoring opportunity through PMO Squad. I think that's awesome. So myself, I, I young, dumb kid, joined from uh, southeastern Kentucky, came out. I've been in Arizona pretty much my entire career now, uh, almost 18 years now in the military. I'll serve in for the Air Force, but uh, I have kind of a unique career in the Air Force. I joined, came out here, was uh, active duty, RAGAF, and then whenever I got out of RAGAF, like 90% of the most most uh, enlisted young, dumb military kids, I got out, and then it was the uh, the housing crash of 07, trying to find my way. It was, it was a rough road. It was a rough patch. I immediately jumped back in without a break in service when I joined the National Guard, so I was in Tucson Air National Guard for about nine years, and then uh, decided to get my wife and family back home, Phoenix, uh, we came back up. I, uh, I resigned my, my civilian position at the guard because I was a dual status technician, uh, resigned my civilian job, continued my military job with them, came up as a, uh, assistant plant manager downtown in Glendale for a company that, that actually the firm's not even there anymore. Then wound up joining back with the reserves in Phoenix and helped set up the 944th bring that back, uh, kind of like a phoenix risen from the, uh, the ashes there. Uh, they had shut down back in, I think, 06, and then we're bringing back the aircraft maintenance unit there. Uh, had some great opportunities there to, to to get involved. And then in the meantime, I've been working on my education. I, I finished my master's in project management and still didn't really know what PMI was all about. One day I walked into an evening chapter meeting, and uh, Trevor's predecessor, Tom, wound up meeting me there. And I had Scheduled to be there. I showed up in uniform because I had just got off work. It was a long drive. I meant to change. So I, I wound up not realizing how much of a sore thumb I looked you know, whenever I showed up in uniform and immediately stuck out. So they were trying to set up the uh, the military affairs program within the organization and then uh, uh, somehow immediately jumped on me and said, hey, how about you get involved with this? And and the rest is history from there. Cool. Well, thank you all for, for coming on. And and Eric, Paul mentioned a little bit there about kind of being lost. Uh, and then you had talked about being out there in the that jobs desert as well. And I think out of that rose Vets to PM. Can you get a little more detail about Vets to PM and, and that journey and, and the success you've had with it? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, so, you, you know, factor out <laughs> that I'm a knuckle dragon pipe fitter, <laughs> right? Um and so that made my transition rough. I mean, when I was recruited into the Navy, you know, the senior chief that recruited me, he told the truth. I had an awesome skill set. The problem was, is there's no nuclear powered submarines in a civilian fleet, right? So neat skill set, no translatable skills. Uh, so I was talking military leadership. And of course, that just doesn't translate to most civilians. Um, this was, you know, back in the mid 90s. So 
you know, taught at university for several years, uh, got to DOD, did lots of projects, uh, human resource projects, lean projects, and, and really just flourished. And it hit me one day, hey, <laughs> why don't I put together my journey, but, you know, condense it and make it 60 to 90 days long instead of 12 years. So that's what I did. I created a program, Vesta PM. Uh, it was a beta test, and then it became a company. And so what we do is we take, uh, I recruit guys and gals out of uniform and and show them, hey, look, so any temporary endeavor that produces unique results is a project in the civilian language. That's a mission in your language. So if you've ever had any leadership responsibility, planning, resourcing, you know, leading a mission, um, et cetera, you have project management experience, talent, and interpersonal skills. So we then show them a roadmap. We train them on the PMI language. Uh, I developed a piece of uh, AI software to help them do that. I run a call center every day to take live calls uh, and help guys and gals through their uh, transition. Um, and we train them on the PMP. Uh, we train them enough business 101 that they can sit in a meeting and ask intelligent questions. So, you know, what's a PNL? Um, you know, what does accounting mean? That kind of stuff, basic stuff. Uh, and then we write them a resume. We teach them how to use LinkedIn. We do all this stuff in tap class. They say, hey, you should do this. And then we show them practically how to actually do it so that they have the items they need to uh, uh, join a career. Uh, and then in conjunction with uh, Joe and PMO squad, as uh, Paul mentioned, we uh, created an actual mentor platform, digital platform. So once they pin PMP, once they place into the career, uh, they receive lifetime mentorship by industry professionals in the trenches doing it. Um, and then we provide them lifetime placement assistance. So, you know, if, if Paul gets out of service and he says, hey, Eric, I want to do pharma and he does pharma projects for five years and he comes to me and he says, hey, I want to go out. Side. I want to do construction. We rewrite his resume and we start shopping him around all the construction firms we deal with. Um, and the companies we we deal with are, you know, you've heard of them, Apple, Adeco, General Dynamics, Harris, uh, you know, na name them and uh, 282 companies. And we've placed guys and gals into them, making 95,000 a year on average, all in 60 to 90 days. And, and I love what you do, Eric. Obviously, we've been working together now for a couple of years, I believe, in, on this mentoring program. And, and as Eric mentioned, right, there's veterans who come out, they understand project management uh, through what Eric provides and their own experiences, but they might not have that something a little extra that the civilian PMP has, and we pair those folks up. We've had over 100 participants in that program since January, covering 30 different states in the U.S., uh, on air on this show, we've received donations from ASU and Sensei Project Solutions. We're bringing in corporate partners uh, to help us with uh, funding and mentoring to provide resources to us. So our Veterans Project Management Mentoring Program has been, I think, a huge success in our first year. And obviously, I'm looking forward to working with Eric and his team more as we continue to grow and bring on more veterans and help more veterans get into this career that I love so much and that Eric obviously has a passion about as well. Along those lines... Trevor and Paul, I believe PMI Phoenix is also working on a veterans mentoring program. Is that correct? Can you share a little bit about that program with us? Yeah, it's uh, it's all conceptual at this point right now. We've been standing the the military outreach program up since uh, early early 2017. Initially, we we were kind of 
going for a, a way to to be able to hand out uh, an award for a best project within a military organization. We didn't have a whole lot of good guidance. Since I, I think we've kind of come together and figured out a better platform. I've been at Luke kind of proselytizing, you know, project management and what it is. And I've, I've tapped into uh, the TAPS network there. You know, so the TAPS, the transition assistance program that the military is uh, congressionally mandated to do. I, I've been able to tap in there with one of uh, one of the workers there that puts on the TAPS program, and she's she's offered for me to come in and and provide a forty five minute briefing during a lunch period on one of the two week day, uh, days during the program. There capture a lot of people that are interested in what is P, what is this PMI thing, what is this PMP, what does it really mean, what's the job market look like, things like that. So I get a lot of uh, answers, uh, questions and answers filled. Then we kind of grew that into. Uh, what I like to call project language learners, which is kind of the direction the, the overall global uh, military outreach program is kind of developing into, which, you know, uh, David Wells, I believe, yeah, David Wells at uh, PPRC up in Colorado, he's put together a fantastic military outreach program up there where they have co- uh, corporate sponsors and whatnot. A lot of different chapters are are doing this very localized approach for military outreach within the communities offering for for transitioning military to come out and and giving assistance with the PMP application or the CAPM application uh translating military skills like like uh, Eric keeps talking about which is is such a challenge to be able to to help somebody wrap their mind around that they've already done these things and that they're not they're not coming at it from a deficit that they're already completely aware of of a lot of the different common sense approaches they just call it different things so uh, with the PLL, the Project Language Learners, the first day is primarily PMP application, taking people's experience, uh, telling them how to uh, how to delineate what hours they worked on on in which process group within a project, how to document all that and put it into an application, and then how to also break that down for a resume. And then the second day is is kind of a reaffir- uh, reaffirmation of that, um, but with uh, uh, interviewing, talking around a water cooler type. You know, what's the lingo? How do you talk? Uh, how do you present it in the interview? And we bring out um, for the first day a great, great resume writer professional. And then second day is a coach professional, uh, a, um, professional coach. He's fantastic as well. And then from that, we've been looking for a way to try and cap that and, and continue these people that are on that journey from first getting that first briefing about what PMP is then into how do I apply it into an application, into my resume, into interviewing, and then moving on beyond that. We've kind of been kicking around the can about a mentor-mentee program and how do we pair people and how do we, how do we uh, get people matched that's got you know, a 15-, 17-, 18-year career in the military, either field-grade officer or senior enlisted. And how do, you, how do you pair somebody that's got skills of leading 400-plus people, being responsible for uh, three three billion plus in assets and and daily operations that would blow some people's minds. How do we pair those people up with people that are downtown in this in this local community that are already connected into a a, net, a, a grounded network of professionals and can can be able to actually help the military member on a more personal note and build a relationship between a professional that's been in the in the seat for a long time and somebody that's looking to transition. So we're we're still in the conceptual period of that, but we're we're nailing it down pretty good, and I think it's going to be launched here soon. Paul's been doing a fabulous job so far. Uh, I guess what was it? A year and a half ago, you started that uh, you came in 
And you said earlier that you thought you stuck out like a sore thumb. I don't think that was the case at all. I think everyone was immediately impressed with your presence and your service. And this is true for everyone that's in the military. We always thank you know our members for their service. We always try to recognize them, especially around uh, Veterans Day, but throughout the year. I do think that the uh, mentor program that uh, Paul's been championing is a uh, matching progression, career progression with career progression and industry interest with industry interest so that you don't get a lot of mismatch. Sometimes with uh, other mentor programs that are out uh, outside of out in other communities, you might see that you might have someone that's very junior and in a different industry that could get matched up. And if there's a mismatch, maybe there isn't that type of connection there. What uh, Paul's been talking about here, and I think that uh, Eric's also been doing uh, with the Vetstone and Vets to PM, is trying to match up those people that are a good match so that once they get through that initial mentor phase, the mentorship continues. I don't know if Paul maybe wants to talk a moment just about the uh, idea of, you'd mentioned there was a time frame like you start off with just a five-month uh, period for a pilot, but... The concept is, is that... So we've all been to networking events. We've been to networking events time and time again, and, and we might meet a lot of really cool people, but how do you even uh, begin to leverage that person or let them leverage you, right? So uh, you meet a lot of people, but how do they even have an impact on your life? That's the big, the big takeaway from networking events. How do you actually apply this and leverage it for future use? Well, the military member, a lot of them don't have time. They don't see the, the benefits of that, that. That's not exposure to them. They, don't, they have their own world that they're living in and they have their own things that they have to be uh, living in and dying in, in in the moment. So they don't have the time to, to necessarily learn how to go out and kind of build their own network. So the idea is industry to industry, experience to experience. You know, uh, if somebody's junior, I would want to give them somebody that if they're looking at the CAPM, somebody that's already a CAPM and is, has been seated and is looking to go to the PMP. If there's somebody that's looking to just enter PMP with, with just a ba- barely enough experience to, to meet the CAP, uh, maybe somebody that's been in the seat for four or five years as a PMP that's kind of got a network starting to build, uh, pairing those types of people up. And then industry to industry, if you're in IT and, and you want to be a mentor, uh, we're going to try and find mentees that that want to get into that uh, whichever IT space, you know, cybersecurity or uh, you name it. Uh, we're trying to pair people for to to match basically skill set and and uh, and tenure essentially. And then on top of that, it's going to be a, a five month ish program where I I want it to be very informal. I don't want it to be you know this bureaucratic type process where. Uh, you apply and then the board convenes and everybody blesses. And then, you know, I, I don't want it to be anything that's that's anything outside of uh, perfectly private and a one-on-one match. Uh, outside of outside of a quick bio and matching a quick bio and then pairing those people together, giving them the contact, and then a quick follow-up once a month for five months, ensuring that, A, the mentee, yes, the mentor contacted me. Yes, we had a conversation. Yes, it was productive. Uh, contact the mentor. Yeah, we had a, a a good conversation. I pointed him in the right direction. I feel like we're we're we kind of hit it off. And if at any point anybody feels like uh, this isn't the connection for me, uh, which I think we've all had those connections in the past, uh, just raise the flag and and we'll see about pairing up with another person. But uh, the the objective is is to make sure that they're making those connections and that those connections are lasting. So for every uh, every month for five months quick phone call from from the mentee council connecting with the mentor and ensuring that they're on the right path and they feel like they're doing the right thing 
connecting with the mentee, connect, uh, making sure that they're getting value added out of this program and doing that for five months. After five months, I don't care how often they meet. I don't care how, how long their meetings is. They could have a five-minute conversation at the end of every workday. They could have a two-hour lunch sometime in the middle of the month, or they could you know, hang out every Saturday family to family and make it like a, a great big thing where, where they just become lifelong buds. As far as how deep their, their mentor-mentee relationship goes, that's on them. I want to make sure that we're making lasting connections and, and giving them the option to be able to leverage future relationships where they might be able to skip the process of like 15 different networking events before they finally meet that one person that can be a solid mentor for the rest of their lives. Like a matchmaking uh, Almost like a match.com yeah. kind of, but professional. Yeah, the, the key, and I certainly don't want to speak for Eric, but since we've been at this now for a month or a year rather plus on, on working on this, certainly we'd be willing to help go through that criteria as you're building up your program and we can speak to several successes we had. We actually just had an article here locally in Phoenix in the Gilbert Sun News about one of our veterans and the mentor relationship they had and how he's been, came out of the service, was looking for a career, uh, but his resume was written for the military, not for the civilian life. And our mentor worked with him, not just on resume writing, but interviewing right? Knowing how to respond to questions, knowing which questions to ask, making sure that you were dressed appropriately, stuff that he wasn't familiar with from his time in service. So again, I'm not trying to corner the market uh, with Eric on veterans mentoring. I think there's enough veterans out there that the more programs we can put in place to help them get jobs in the project management world, the better job we're all doing together, right? So any way that I can help or we can help, I think we'd step up to help you guys out with that. Thank you. I know that talking about translating experience, I know when I had gotten out of the service uh, back in uh, 2002, I really wish, similar to what Eric was saying, you know, you kind of wish that there was someone there to walk you through this and having a mentor program would have been fabulous, you know, so I think that it's definitely the way to go. Yeah, the, the military has done a fantastic job realizing there's a problem, but they've done a horrible job actually fixing that problem. So the the, the TAPS program's out there, and it's a two-week thing, but uh, just as it didn't take you two weeks to figure out how to become a, and assimilate to, to military lifestyle and become a military member, it's not going to take two weeks to, to learn how to forget a lot of those things and, and translate what your skills are and, and actually become a productive member of society. So it's, it's, a, it's a long road. There's a lot of good programs out there. There's a ton, actually. And I don't think that any one any one entity is going to corner the market out of any of it. The military is so huge and there's so such a large turnover. There's so many people out there to help. Uh, I think all organizations coming together, making sure that they're all doing their part equally is a, is an awesome thing. And I really appreciate it. I, I, I found your guys' uh, program last night whenever I was doing a little homework for the show and realized that you guys actually have almost exactly what we're looking to set up. Uh, I think there's a little bit difference, but it's it's a pretty awesome little program and you can go online and, and punch in, you know, that you want to be a mentor or a mentee. And I think that's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, regarding that real quick, just two thoughts I had listening to the discussion is, you know, I speaking about mentorship, I think it's more of a timing thing. You know, so Paul's talking about guys transitioning out. So if you're if you're looking for help transitioning out, your mentorship needs are 
different than, you know, let's say, uh, you know, let's say a Trevor or an Eric, you know, we've been out for five years, we're accommodated to our new situation, or the, the, the civilian workforce, the CivDiv, we have a credential, uh, you know, we're on a career path. You know, there's so many veterans and it's such a big career field and there's so many types of projects. Um, and, and, you know, veterans are at different stages in their transition. So I, I think, you know, I think it was uh, Paul might have said, you know, it's a huge table and there's lots of empty chairs. There's more than enough room for all these organizations to help. And then the second thing is, is the the translation piece. You know, I'm sitting on an airplane uh, and I end up next to a, you know, HR, senior HR director. And uh, he says, hey, what do you do? And I say, hey, I have a company. We help military veterans become project managers, blah, blah, blah. So we, I go through my entire spiel and he kind of chuckles. And I said, yeah, I really enjoy doing it too. He said, no, 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 no. I, don't you think it's kind of ridiculous to suggest that you make project managers in 60, 90 days? And I laughed and I said, you bet it's ridiculous, uh, but these are already project managers. They have 10, 15, 20, 25 years of project and program management experience. I just teach them the new context of what you know. So you work for IBM, you work for Target, you work for SAIC. You know, they're used to doing projects in large organizations, with lots of regulations, policies, and procedures, and lots of decision makers and competing interests, that's no different than the organizations that you work in. So, you know, it's it's what I tell our vets is, hey, it's you just develop a new situation. You get to a new command, you figure out where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing within the first two or three weeks. It's just a new context. You're just going to go work for IBM instead of Department of Army, you know, a different uniform. So that's really where I kind of hone in on the translation is, you know, let's let's help you develop your new context. We show them how to use LinkedIn, show them how to use, uh, you know, Google to help them do that stuff. So um, it's just really cool to know that there's so many of us in this fight reaching back to help the guys and gals behind us coming out so they don't spend, you know, 12 days, 12 months, 12 years trying to figure it out on their own. Well, you know, I'm the, the non-veteran on the table here. And the reality is I started out not even knowing I was a project manager, right? I, I didn't uh, graduate with a degree in project management. You, you take on projects in your younger days that have lower priority, lower importance. You work your way up and eventually you get the experience and skills. The great piece that you've all talked about here is that training that I got out in the civilian world working on low priority, low important projects, you all got working on very important, very high priority projects that had an impact well beyond my early days. So to to all of your points, right? You, the veterans coming out are very seasoned. They just ha- need some help adjusting to the civilian it, lingo. It's very true. Um, there's There's studies out there showing that veterans compared to majority of veterans compared to their uh, civilian equivalents, time in, time in uh, the seat somewhere, level of education, have much higher levels of experience, have higher levels of ex- education. Just starting at the ground floor, 90, 93% of the population in the military has a high school diploma, period, whereas I think that's around 40-some-odd percent of the general population in America. So you start out at the ground floor like that, you can imagine at the higher levels, uh, the average field grade officer has a master's degree, whereas your average, uh, your average exec in an organization might be a bachelor's level. There's a, there's a pretty big distinction there in, in, in education. The military, from day one, whenever you join, not only are they vetting and making sure that people have a, a high school education, but they're also uh, day one ground 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 level at, at BMT. 
uh, instilling leadership aspects and the thought that every decision that you have, even as a ground pounder, affects the people next to you. So they have to pound in the decision-making process and, and analytical thinking to make sure that you're thinking about those that are around you. So leadership's one of those things that's, uh, that's uh, cultured very early and uh, grown very early, especially in uh, regular Air Force or, or the, the normal um, ranks within enlisted army and whatnot. Um, they, they put together this, this uh, mentality of volunteerism, leadership, Camaraderie, service. service before self. I mean, the the core, the core of the Air Force is uh, is is integrity, service before self, and excellence in all we do. That's that's the three primary things that that get beat into you day in day out for for at minimum four years. Uh, whenever you come out of a four year career at a very low rank with that type of of mentality, um, the whole service before self mentality is something that 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 never really leaves you and. I think that's why veterans have become a target for a lot of employers is because they know that they're going to get somebody that cares and is going to make sure that they're making decisions not based on their well-being but the company's overall well-being because the the individual has has bought into uh belonging to a larger a larger organization. As project managers I think that uh, military members do make excellent project managers, even if they didn't do project management while they were in the service, they can be grown into project managers too, just because there's a certain uh, hierarchy to their thought process. There's a certain uh, respect of uh, how things get done, following procedures, following things through logically, that I think really uh, plays through their uh, their careers. Yeah. Eric, you've got a tool called VetStone, and, and certainly I'm familiar with that, but I think it's an amazing tool that you've come up with. Can you share a little bit, because we've talked a little bit here about translating experience from military to civilian, and I think VetStone hits a home run with that, right? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So, um, you know, we're helping thousands of guys and gals a year uh, transition. And so, you know, I look at all their military experience, and Google's tried it. DOD skill bridges tried it. There's lots of skills translators out there, but in my humble opinion, they're a bit antiquated. Uh, and you know, you, you you type in all your stuff, and yeah, you can be a security guard or a manager at a at a you know a, at a carpet cleaning place or whatever. And you know, we we need all those things, and we need great people doing those things for sure. But you know, when you take somebody 10, 12, 15, 25 years of leadership, and you say, hey, here's your you know entry level gig. It's it's it just kind of stupefies me that that we call that hey look at that veteran transition. Um, so what I did is I was doing so many of those summaries. I thought hey this AI thing wouldn't it be great to train something with my 20 plus years of experience helping guys and gals do this. So uh, I created it. it, it I, I developed a piece of uh, deep learning software that I train. Uh, it's free for veterans. I've developed it on my own dime so that it could be used. And the vision is someday that DOD says, wow, wouldn't this be great if everybody had this? Because the reality is, is when somebody transitions out, whether you in the civilian workforce, whether you're a project manager or not, you're probably going to work on a project if you're not asked to lead one. So you might as well put that project management experience you have in your military experience on your resume might make the difference in the interview. Um, but so anyway, it's a piece of software. Uh, it's a, a it's a, a re, what we call a, a gated recurrent algorithm. And it basically takes all of the veterans military leadership experience, maps it to the thousands and thousands of other 
military leadership experiences it sees, looking for keywords, finds those keywords, uh, branch, service, uh, MOS, military occupation, et cetera, and then maps all that stuff to PMI's codified language in the PMBOK guide and the processes that PMI says project managers uh, execute every day, which is in the PMP handbook. So um, basically what the vet gets at the end of it is most people can put in their experience within 60 to 90 minutes, and it automatically produces a digital and or PDF report of what that military veteran looks like as a commercial project manager. And the gold there is now when I walk in and meet Joe for the first time or meet Travis for the first time or whatever, I sound like and look like and behave like a project manager, which is extremely familiar to most people in the CivDiv. They may not know what a whole technician is, but they sure know what a project manager is. And so so that's really the key benefit. Um, and like I said, most most guys and gals knock out their PMP application in 60 minutes, 90 minutes flat. Eric, this is Trevor. Got a quick question here for you. I was just curious, uh, the Vetstone program, can that also do the reverse? I know with PMI, we have a lot of both project managers and then people that are involved in trying to locate project managers. Does the system also, uh, if you have a human resources or project manager that's looking for someone for their team, have the ability to say, okay, these are the skill sets I'm looking for and be able to tell them what type, what their veteran looks like? Wow, Trevor, not yet, <laughs> but it sounds like I've got my next module, doesn't it? <laughs> oh. I, yeah. I just think that uh, that's something, uh, that's another need that's out there or that uh, sounds like your tool may already be able to provide that just with, uh, you know, a couple of tweaks there. It, that's something I, you always hear about is that people in the civilian community, they all, especially when you're talking to human resources, they want those people that are from the military as part of their team, but they, it's the translation issue. And the military member that's coming out or the people that are translating their own experience, they can get halfway there. But sometimes it can help if we can find a way to educate those people that are doing the hiring on the other end to be able to meet, uh, meet the military member in the middle. Just a thought. Yep, and th- yep, and that's what's you know uh, many of my keynotes focus on you know how to maximize our investment in this high tech workforce, uh, you know how to how to get corporate America to you know hey veteran initiative hiring slogan great would you like that to be an impactful program or a slogan I can help you with the latter right uh, the impactful program so. Um, yeah, Vestone is, is constantly under refinement. Uh, we're looking at adding other cartridges, if you will. So, you know, HR, finance, uh, it, it basically any career field with a body of knowledge and a credential that's recognized by the marketplace, we, we can translate the veteran's experience into that. So, you know, let's say your first sergeant, you know, with the last 10 years of their career, you know, running a, um, you know, a several hundred person uh, big outfit or whatever. I mean, you know, so we're going to develop multiple cartridges so that the veteran can basically at some point in the future say, hey, I heard about this career field. What would I look like as one of those? You type in your experience, boom, there's what you look like in your report. Awesome. So uh, what I, again, I'm coming at it from civilian eyes. I know in the military, there's top secret clearance that often is in, in play and there's missions that you're on that you can't probably talk about the details and as a civilian, right, we never run into that, right? It's, oh, sorry, can't tell you about that last project I did down in HR. It doesn't happen. How do you handle that, right? How do you, how as a veteran do you talk about things that you, you couldn't talk about? Or not only that, but also perhaps going back to 
some of the trauma related to the the job, right? How do you stay balanced and talk about those things that may come back with some bad memories? So uh, in my experience, uh, the there's a lot of vets out there that, that have awesome stories that they can't tell you a whole lot about, but they can pick and uh, pick out the pieces that they can and, and employee OPSEC. So uh, operational security, just making sure that they don't have facts in their pe- uh, key people, places, times. Um, and they can give you a, a general rundown and, and dumb down a lot of different facts. So even whenever, as somebody that's got a secret security clearance, we are we're bred into the thought, into the idea that we can't talk about a lot of things. But then whenever you come down to what is and what is not classified, what is and what is not able to be talked about, there's a lot that, that we're able to actually say. And there's just key people, places, times, things um, that you might want to uh, give it somebody else's name or, or you know, talk about it like it's a different time frame or um, what have you. But there's, there's ways to get around all that. There's a, a really awesome story that I had heard from from one of the people in my last PLL. He was talking about <clears throat> this. Uh, we were on the interview day, and he was talking about this story because the the career coach was telling him, you know, uh, making a, a a story relate to how you can give what it is that they're looking for. It doesn't have to be direct directly associated with what it was that they're looking for. And if it's IT and you want to go IT, but you were moving artillery, um, you can still utilize the same story because it's, it's the, the leadership practices and how you leverage uh, thought and analytical thinking and uh, so forth. So anyways, uh, he was telling this story about how the most awesome thing he had ever done, he was deployed into some forward point and he was, um, he was, coming up on on one place where they were having a, a really bad couple of days and they had been beaten down pretty bad and they were asking for support and couldn't get it and they needed what basically was this um i, I think they're called crams basically it's a it's an automated system that that's these big artillery um batteries that that knock stuff out of the sky so anyways uh they had just came from another place where they had too many of those and they didn't actually work for the region where they were because it was in a valley and they needed more of an open wide space. He was like, well, holy crap, we got, they have that right down the road. That's about 30 miles. So they put together a really quick project, ran back, got the stuff, came in, set it up to, to have all these different NATO guys. Cause it wasn't just uh, our, our military. It was uh, NATO guys all in there saying, thank you. Appreciate that. And, and for them to be able to deliver something so impactful and the way he told it was such emotion. I mean, I was even crying in this in this room full of you know big burly men. Uh, I was tearful because the way that he had described the story and the way he 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 laid it out there, I was like that that's actually a project. And and then to basically tell the story back to him in a way that maybe he didn't see it before, and then all of a sudden the light bulb just goes off and he realizes now I can do this. I can get in the seat. I can, I can be that project manager. Yeah, I think it is about being a storyteller and just uh, thinking about how you want to tell the story. Uh, I think one of the things that's helpful for people that are transitioning um, is to, especially if you've got some of those security clearance concerns or uh, confidentiality concerns, try to think about what the questions you might get in an interview are beforehand and try writing it out so you can make sure that the story you're telling, you know, has that uh, beginning, middle, and end, lets them know, you know, 
what was try to be as specific as you can without providing those details and then let them know how you resolved that that problem and it, the story will tell you know and and just to piggyback on what Paul was relating in that story. I mean, the beauty of it was I, you know, I'm thousands of miles away in Florida and I got goosebumps as he was relating that story because at the end of the day, guess what? When Paul recited the story back to him, it's real easy to mask whatever you can't talk about in scope, requirements management, stakeholder management, risk management. I mean, you know what I mean? So project management just gives us a really nice language that is very concise and conveys what we were doing and why we were doing it. And they don't have to know it was a firefight or it was a secure facility or it was a, you know what I mean? Those those kind of details, those micro details just don't matter when we're talking about the project level. So that's one of the keys. That's the Cracker Jack Dakota ring. Take what you can't talk about in military speak, right? Leave out the details, but talk about the project details like scope and poem and deadlines and you know all the stuff that's familiar to the civilian ear. And I think so as an interviewer, right, to to bring on PMs, it, putting myself in the seat of maybe five candidates in a day that were interviewing for a job and four from civilian life and one's military. I'm going to get probably four very similar resumes and stories and histories from the four civilian folks and that's not to overgeneralize. I know I just did that, but you know, they probably started out junior, they got on more complex projects, and they've had some successes in their career. But then you're going to get that veteran that's going to come in. And if they can tell any sort of story similar to one you just told, why wouldn't I want to go with that guy or girl, right? The level of experience and the impact that they are making in those projects exceeds what we're doing in the civilian world. And that's not to diminish what we do. We all work on important projects. But I haven't worked on any yet that had life and limb on the line. So that's a big part of it, actually. So a lot of the guys and girls that I'm coming in contact with, so getting back to the beginning of how a military member comes into the service, they come in as a volunteer and they come in as as essentially 1% of the population. I think it's a little bit more. It's like one and a half percent, but 1% of the population comes into the military service. It's a volunteer service. They know that it's going to be a miserable few years, but they're going to make the best of it. And it's going to be different for them than every story they've ever heard from everybody else, right? Most military members come in with that volunteerism at heart. Then especially for the Air Force, uh, I'm pretty sure every, every branch is the same way. Volunteerism is something that is sold from day one. You know, if you want to have a good evaluation report at the end of the year, you have better have been involved in a couple of really awesome volunteer projects. Volunteerism is, is something that's, that's really thrown in there. The level of, of self-sacrifice, the level of, of putting yourself out there and not thinking about yourself, because whenever, whenever a military member is talking about we, it's not really talking, they're not talking about themselves. And it's hard for a military member to talk about themselves. So even in an interview, it's a very, it's a very difficult process to leave out, well, I was a part of a team that did this whenever the interview coach is telling them, you know, you need to be able to think about what you did and, and say it how you led it and how you were, you did this, you did that and, and take credit for the team. But uh, the thing that I'm noticing more and more with all these vets that are coming across, it's extremely hard to say, I did this whenever it was a, a team effort, whenever it was a we. So that's one of the, the portions that makes it very hard. So it doesn't sound like they were as much of a part of it because they can't leave the other guys behind because that's something that's ingrained in us from day one for, uh, and Eric and, and Trevor can attest to that. That's something that's, it's a hard thing to leave out. And if you've been in for six years or been in for 20 some odd years, 
uh, it, it becomes more and more hard ingrained. And it's, a, it's one of those things that you just can't leave out the other people. So whenever you're telling those stories, the big key takeaway thing for, for the people that I'm talking to and telling, you need to be able to relate these stories and talk about, well, whenever I was doing this and I did that and then we saw this. And you need to be able to throw the we in there and keep the other people in part of the team. But you really need to be able to talk about what it is that, from your eyes, from your perspective, that way it kind of relates more. Um, and then you can take and say the we at the end, leaving the big impact, you can, le- you can have the we in the beginning, but you need to talk about the I in the middle. So, Eric, again, we've uh, covered a lot of ground on here today, and I'm wondering, where, where do we go next with Vets the PM, Vets Stone? I mean, what do you have next? Serial entrepreneur, uh, you've talked about that. Where, where are you going next? Um, well, you know, the vision... Um, you know, with Vets to PM is we help hundreds of thousands instead of thousands. Um, the vision with Vetstone is, you know, it it the link to Vetstone, www.militaryvetstone.com. <laughs> By the, can I say that on radio, Joe? So absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> so um, you know that that link is in every tap book that's that's you know that everybody gets to see. Um, so that's where I'm ultimately going. Um, I'm going to develop multiple modules. So again, you know, first sergeant, first shirt wants to, you know, be an HR guy or gal instead of a PM. Um, you know, I can't fathom that nobody would want to, that not everybody would want to be a project manager. But if they want to be something else, they can. They plug their experience in. It maps it to the body of knowledge. They take the test and earn the credential. It demonstrates proficiency, a basic command of that box to the hiring manager. And then, you know, I, and then, when it all coalesces, um, ultimately one of the things, and you know, uh, Trevor mentioned it, Paul just related. It's it's about storytelling, you know, because frankly, um, you know, transition is not the purview only veterans, right? Everybody transitions jobs, you know, five, seven, eight times in their career, based on what research you read. So it's about what is your story, what is your value, how do you convey that? So I would encourage all the listeners to check out Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why video, watch the five minute abridged version, uh, check out Carmine Gallo's, you know, message map video. These are all on YouTube. They're all less than five minutes. Um, that'll help you organize your story so that, you know, like you said, Joe, when the hiring manager's talking to you, you talk to them in value adding stories um, and checking the blocks, the credential blocks and the experience blocks and all that stuff. Uh, is 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 just kind of the things you do on the road to a successful transition. So, you know, ultimately it's uh, continue helping people through Vets to PM, continue helping people uh, using Vetstone um, just to tell their stories in a language that civilians understand. Because frankly, you know, in uniform, we have experience resourcing missions and projects. We have experience uh, leading people. We have experience managing budgets. We just don't think about it like that. And that's what the civilian needs to hear. So, you know, ultimately, when I grow up, it's going to be, you know, my my ultimate purpose uh, on this planet is to help as many veterans as I can learn to tell their story in the language of civilian general management. If they do that, they win. They're making ninety five hundred and ten thousand a year, uh, like we've proven with three hundred and forty eight guys and gals now, I think. 
Well, that's awesome. I mean, obviously the impact that you guys are, are making with Bets to PM, we're proud to partner with you on what we've done so far. And I know we're just getting started, so I can't wait to see that journey continue for many more years to come. You know, for Trevor and Paul, same thing. I mean, what can what can we do to help, right? Where you're just starting on this road here with PMI Phoenix for listeners, for Eric and I, for others, what's what's the way we can help you guys out? Well, I think Paul can certainly speak to uh, to some of this, but we are always looking for more veterans and uh, people that have already completed the transition that are in their project management career to be mentors. We, uh, we currently have some uh, people that are transitioning already lined up locally in the Phoenix area that are looking for people that are, you know, in different areas, different levels of their career path to be able to provide that uh, level of mentorship. Beyond that, get involved with your uh, your local veteran community. And also, you know, if you're going to one of your, uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to promote the Phoenix PMI, but any of the PMIs that you're at, any of the project management institutes that are out there, we have local chapters. Most of them are involved with their veteran community. Reach out and see, you know, are there any events that you can volunteer at? Can you help with providing some experience and uh, being able to help talk about the uh, the project language learner, being able to translate that experience. I'm going to toss it over to Paul here if he wants to jump in. Correct. Yeah. Uh, any Anybody that wants to volunteer anywhere, anywhere all over the world, um, I would take them on as a, as a mentor. It's something that you can do over the phone, over email. It's, it's not something that you'd have to do face-to-face. Uh, anybody that would want to give in that, in that fashion, it would be awesome. And they could email me at any time, AVP Military Outreach at uh, Phoenix, uh, PMI.org. So that's phx-pmi.org. All we're looking to do is connect people that want to help, want to to, to leave a lasting impression on somebody, and and want to really have a a, a serious, profound impact on on a, on an individual's life as they're transitioning from military to civilian lifetime lifestyle. Um, and it, like I said, it's it's something that can be done at at uh their their pleasure it, there's no time commitment that's going to be out of out of out of the uh out of the norm uh we're we're asking for a one-on-one pairing uh at, at first as we go um but once once somebody's made that connection and made a deep impact on somebody's life and uh wants to do it again i'm not gonna say sorry you you you're still in connection with that last mentee that you had sorry uh, i can't have you have two or three or five if 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 somebody wants to to i think most of us like to say that we've had an impact on somebody's life and almost all of us like to give somebody advice cuz a lot of times we don't listen to our own but we love to give other people advice right so um if if you're one of those people that want to give advice to to somebody that's that's coming out of the military I'm always open to helping you connect with somebody that that uh, I find on a day to day basis. We've already got several people lined up looking to get mentored. I need people that are going to mentor. Um, and on top of that, we also we're looking for people that want to be in the local area that would have uh, uh, around a three to five hour time commitment for the first few months, and then after that, probably a one to two uh, time commitment every month. That uh, would like to be on the mentor council. Um, we're we're looking at calling it something around the lines of vectoring, and this is all still conceptual. So it's 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 something that if you get in on the ground floor on, and you get to be 
you get to be in the the development stage, so you get to kind of mold it how you want. I just uh, I think I think my vision for it is to be very informal. We're making connections. We're not um, dictating and trying to get data. Uh, we're looking to just help people. So if that's something that interests you, again, AVP Military Outreach at phx-pmi.org. Awesome. And I'll jump in here outside the millet uh, outside of the project management space. Uh, the spirit of volunteerism, right? So when I ran this marathon, I ran it with an organization called Team Red, White, and Blue. And they're a charity that's uh, from veterans, for veterans, that's dedicated to getting veterans integrated back into their communities through physical activity, whether it be running or hiking, rucking, walking, bowling, you name the events, they get them out there. And uh, on the course last Sunday, there were about probably 500 eagle red, red eagle shirts running that marathon, supporting the team red, white, and blue colors, flying and proud, eagle fire, go Eagles. Uh, it was impressive. I was humbled to be a part of it. I'm humbled to be a part of the conversation today with all of you. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show. It's hard to believe that we're up on, on our hour. Uh, we'll go around the table one last time, give you a chance to plug anything you want to plug. Uh, Eric, go for the URLs or anything else you want to shout out. Uh, what can we, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they learn more about what you've got going on? Anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, thanks, Joe. So, um, you know, and this, uh, 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 offer is, you know, for Trevor, Paul, any of their folks, any PMI folks, um, any listeners, I'm always at Eric at vets to PM.com. Um, I, that's email. It's the best way to get me. I'm in the air a lot. I'm in class a lot. I'm on uh, the road a lot. Um, but uh, I'm also available for live coaching calls every day from one to five. Uh, I'm the guy running the call center. Uh, keeps me in touch with uh, our, our both our corporate partners and uh, our veterans. Um, so you can uh, uh, hit me and make a calendar there. Um, Vetstone is at www.militaryvetstone.com. Um, and uh, appreciate you having me on the show, Joe. Appreciate getting to spend some time with Trevor and Paul. Uh, yeah, and if anybody ever needs anything, just hit me on that email, 24-hour um, response or less. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. And uh, Trevor? Thank you, Joe. And yes, I do want to say, Joe, thank you very much for having us on. It's very much appreciated. Um, also, Eric, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. I think that uh, Vets to PM and Vetstone is uh, amazing what you do. And I can attest to uh, your uh, willingness to have those conversations. I know we've spoken uh, offline once or twice previously. I'd also like to thank Paul for uh, joining uh, today. He's really uh, taken charge of the military efforts locally here. And uh, I think that he's done a great job with our military outreach for the chapter. Uh, it's Phoenix PMI, so www.phx-pmi.com. Um, and I do want to say we do have an upcoming uh, meeting. You can always uh, check us out and you know just see what evening meetings we have uh, coming and connect with, uh, with us if you are interested in mentoring our uh, military. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Trevor. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Joe, for having us out here. Um, it's Phoenix uh, PMI. Uh, local chapter. We, we're involved kind of all over the valley. We've got uh, evening chapter meetings and uh, satellites out in Prescott and Yuma. We've, we're uh, broadening our, our horizon, go, going kind of outside of this giant valley. Uh, we got breakfast meetings all over. 
the one at Luke Air Force Base is actually called the West by Northwest uh, breakfast meeting. It's it's out at uh, Falcon Dunes Golf Resort, and it's just offside uh, offside of base, so you don't need a military ID to get there. So if if you uh, if you would like to go and and start meeting military people that you might be able to have an impact with like that, and and take it a step further, then that's a great place to be. Or if you're just on the west side, because uh, the the valley's growing and the the business center here is growing, and and there's uh, there's people all over this valley. Um, there's the evening chapter meetings and the networking meetings, but phx-pmi.org if you want to get more event calendar. That's awesome. And I know also Facebook and LinkedIn uh, accounts for PMI Phoenix as well, yes. very active. Uh, so again, and, and PMO Squad, very proud to sponsor the Chandler location for the evening dinner meetings. Uh, we've spoken at the breakfast meetings in Chandler as well. So we're very plugged in here locally. And thank you so much, all of you, for coming on. Also want to give everybody a reminder that we are live the first and third Thursday each month. Our next show will be back uh, Thursday, November 15th with Dr. Harold Kersner and Belinda Goodrich on. So that's going to be a powerhouse show. Tune in for that one. A reminder, also these shows are recorded. So if you're unable to make the live broadcast, you can catch Project Management Office Hours on a podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, whatever your podcast platform of choice is, we've got them out there on all of those. And again, as we mentioned before, thanks to our sponsor, the PMO Squad. Uh, deploy the squad to resolve your project management challenges. Expert PMO and project management solutions that are not cookie cutter solutions. We come in and fit your organization for your particular needs. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Mm-hmm.